This past week, I've been thinking a lot about space. Space for things, chairs, different rooms, space. As we prepared for our own response. And that led me to think about um, the whole idea of God creating space. And God created the biggest space of all, the earth. Go back to Genesis 1, there's this creation story that God is creating all of this space, doing all this work to create space. And at the very end, God says, all right now, humans, I've created space for you and I've called it good. Now, go, be fruitful, multiply. You fill the space. I've created it. You fill it. And in the story, as we continue in that story, human beings begin to fill the space, but they begin to fill it like Adam and Eve with guilt and shame. They begin to fill the space that God has created like Cain with murder. They begin to fill it when they try to build a tower up to the heavens with pride. They begin to fill it with all kinds of things that God would not call good. And so as the story goes, God decides that, hey, you know what? I've created this space. I've called it good. You filled it with all of this this stuff that doesn't need to happen. I'm going to redo the whole thing. And we have the story of the flood. And God says, okay, now, let's start over. What we've created is good. You humans continue to fill the space. And we continue to fill the space with all kinds of things that are not good, And so in the book of Exodus, there is this long story about human beings creating a tabernacle. It's almost as if God said, okay, I created the space twice. We're still not getting it right. Okay, how about you guys build the space now? And I'll fill it. You guys build the space So there's all of these meticulous instructions about how to build what they call the tent of meeting or actually the tabernacle. And they build it and they build it and they build it and God fills the space and actually says in Leviticus that God, there was this loud uh, rushing wind and then there was a fire that came out of that tent of meeting. God descended on that tent and filled the space so that everyone could point and go, that's where God is. That's where God is. We know exactly where God is. God created this mobile church that moved with the people, and whenever they would set up camp, they could go, yep, that's where God is. God filled the space. And then when this mobile people, these nomads, began to live in cities, and specifically in Jerusalem, King Solomon built a temple. And we read as as this temple was built and finished, God does the very same thing. There's a wind and then there's fire, and God descends and fills that space, the temple. And everybody knows that's where God is, can point to God. And then there's another story that happens years and years later. There are these disciples of Jesus Christ, and Jesus has left them, and they're scared, and they're worried, and they're in a room together, and there's a fire and wind, and God fills something different. When the day of Pentecost had come in the book of Acts, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. 
Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. God finally said, I'm not in the tent of meeting. I'm not in the temple. The space that I'm going to fill now is you. I'm going to fill you with me. I'm going to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tabernacle in you. Wherever you go, that's where I will be. When we were gathered together uh, last Sunday, I walked through that door, as I always do, about 8 o'clock in the morning, and didn't know anything that had happened. But one of our people in the back that runs screens, he was a part of the paramedic community and a dispatcher, and he said, you need to know what's going on in Burnsville. And if you were here last week, you noticed that we had a moment of silence as very few details were coming. But in between the worship services, the city of Burnsville showed up and said, can we use your space? We need a space to gather with families of the victims uh, and our other police officers and first responders from all over. And we said yes. We said yes. And so somewhere about noon to nine o'clock at night, there were people coming and gathering. And we kept wondering if there was gonna be a program. Should we be ready for a program? Other pastors started coming and other chaplains started coming and we thought, are we going to come into this space? Is the chief going to share something? Is the mayor coming? What, what's the program? How do, we, how do we do this together? And what we found out, the program was us. Us standing around and just being together. Just being together. Lots of hugs. Lots of tears, lots of greeting one another. The program was us because God has filled the space. God has filled us. God has filled us to be for one another. I don't know if you were here last Sunday, but one of the Burnsville police officers, uh, we did a video announcement that uh, we wanted to explain why we have law enforcement on our property for some of our events here, and worship especially. His name was Jeremiah Mahler. And as we were standing around trying to figure out uh, who, some, who the victims were, we didn't know. And then we wondered, oh man, we know Jeremiah. He was just on our screens. So we waited, we waited. And about 4.30 that afternoon, Jeremiah Mahler walks through our front door. And there's a couple of us Prince of Peace people. And we're greeting people as they come in. And Jeremiah walks in. And he looks at us and he starts to cry. And I give him a big old hug. I've never hugged a guy with all that gear on before. I still have a shoulder pain, I think. But he's crying, we're crying, we're giving him hugs. And then he looks like he doesn't know where to go. And I'm like, Jeremiah, you've walked this building many, many times. And he goes, I need to go find my wife. And we go, yeah, you do need to go find your wife. Us, together. That's the program. That's the mission. God has filled us 
with the power of the Holy Spirit to be together with one another. And one of the last things that Jesus does in the Gospel of John is that he prays for his disciples that they would be one, that they would become an us, that they would be together. He says words like abide. He prays to his father, he prays to God and says, I hope they abide in one another just as I and you abide together. Be together. In the very end of his prayer, he writes in the Gospel of John, Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these disciples know you. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus prays for us to be together. To be together. Because God has filled each and every one of us with God's spirit, calling us to be together, to be one.